I'm Will Young, and I've worked in several different job environments ranging from lawn care to corporate sales. I've also graduated from Indiana Wesleyan with two majors in marketing and administration. And I'm here on Young Blooded, a 30 minutes to one hour video podcast talking about financial success and finding a career path in multiple avenues of life. Life, and today we have Kevin Rosine, who is actually a land surveyor and engineer and owns his own company here in Ada, Michigan. So thanks for coming on, Kevin. Sure. It's great mm-hmm. to have you here. Mm-hmm. I know you made quite a far drive to get over here. Yeah, it's like a mile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, uh, it's always nice to, you know, sure. not have to have a bunch of commute time. I know that's great for careers too. Mm-hmm. I, I used to work at Ally Logistics mm-hmm. and uh, when the place that I lived while I was working there was actually only five minutes away. So nice. if, you know, in the summer when there was no snow or anything, mm-hmm. I could essentially get up and get there in like three or four minutes if I hit all my green lights, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty nice. So yeah. I know that's that's always helpful that's in the nice. job market as well. Um, I guess you said an interesting fact about you when I was talking to you earlier was that you like to, to swim with sharks. You want right. to get into that a little bit? Yeah. It so, seems kind of frightening to me. So. Right. It's uh, Yeah, it's not something a lot of people are comfortable with. Um, actually, I was in a, a, on a family vacation probably 20 years ago with my family and actually my brother and his family down in Nassau, Bahamas, and we, uh, we'd done some snorkeling, and it was the first time we'd really snorkeled on coral reefs, and saw some just amazing stuff down on the reef, but it was like 30 feet below us, and we were trying to get down that deep, and it wasn't going so well. And it's a deep, that's a deep distance, 30 feet. <laughs> it's kind of hard to free dive that if you're not trained in that. Yeah. So my brother and I got the bright idea to get certified, and uh, kind of went from there. I kind of got bit by the, by the scuba diving bug, and so now I've done yeah 500 plus dives. I dive shipwrecks in the Great Lakes. Uh, my love is to get out on the open ocean. I've dove kind of around the world. My probably my bucket list dive was uh, Cocos Island, Costa Rica. It's where they filmed part of uh, um, Jurassic Park. It's just this amazing rock. Um, I think it's like 375 miles out in the ocean. Jeez. And uh, we probably had three to five hundred hammerheads, white tips, and tiger sharks in, in each dive that we went in. Wow. Um, so that was kind of my highlight uh, experience. That was a, like a 10-day live aboard on a, on a ship. But, you know, they're, they're very graceful animals. Um, yeah. They're portrayed as like this aggressive being, right? But my dad is scuba dives too, and, you know, he's talking about how they're always really peaceful. Yeah, you well, know, unless, and, you're, unless, unless you're, you're aggressive <laughs> toward them, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're not going to be aggressive towards you. But yeah, the, the diving world is just a whole, uh, it's a whole other experience uh, that is just so sort of different than our normal experience that it's just very interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah i do i've dove in like lakes and stuff but oceans seem awesome i've seen pictures and stuff it's pretty sweet yeah a pretty sweet experience for sure um how many dives do you think you've gone on over overall in your life yeah you know probably five six hundred so i've also um got some certifications so i do a little bit of teaching um Diving lessons too, from time to time, but uh, so I don't count all that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's a hobby. Yeah, you know, I, you get I get tired of doing the same old same old uh, with work, and I work a lot. So when I take a vacation, I like to make it an interesting one. And, yeah, yeah. No, those are great too. So you don't burn out or have any, you know, just work issues that you can't get around. It's good break to yeah. take your take a step back. That's, that's the nice yeah. thing about being underwater. You can't really think much about anything else. You've know, <laughs> yeah. got to kind of be pretty focused and uh, it's quiet, nobody can talk to you, nobody can call you on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just down there 
and the blowing bubbles underwater. Enjoy nature. That's mm -hmm. the way to be. Right yeah. on. Yeah. Um, so I know we had spoken a little bit about side jobs and stuff like that before in the past via email, right? Mm -hmm. And you had talked about you did you said you had done many of them, or you? Um, well, you know, I when you were like younger, I'm I, saying, yeah, and, I started actually. I started um, in kind of working world when I was 12 years old. Um, wow. Our culture was kind of one of, our, I come from the Dutch background, the Dutch Reformed Church, and we do too. a bunch of hard-working idiots. Um, <laughs> so when I was 12, I started working summers in a truck farm, and uh, yeah, I think I made 50 cents an hour that first summer. Wow. So that was a big while. Quite the king. I remember, Killing. I remember getting my first $20 bill, and I thought that was really something. Yeah. But So then I went, went from there, I graduated to... Uh, a bigger farm, and after that, I kind of got sick of that and thought, you know, there's got to be something more fun than this. And that's where I went into uh, landscaping, cutting grass, and uh, working for actually a pretty large landscaping firm in town, which turned out to be a really good high school college job. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to work with a lot of different guys. The company I was with probably had 15 other guys there that worked after school my age. Yeah. Um, so it was good camaraderie, um, and uh, it was. You, you could you didn't need a ton of training for it. Yeah, um, landscaping. And uh, that paid fairly well, so it kind of got it kind of paid my way through college. Yeah, you stay pretty active too, landscaping. You're yeah, working all I was day. in really good shape. Yeah, you get tan, you feel nice. You know, <laughs> you're always yeah. yeah. The, the weekend, the summer I did um, landscaping was the summer before I joined the cheer team at my college, and I, I went back to there just expecting to play intramural sports and the cheer coach actually came up and she was like, hey, some, some of your friends on the team have told me that like, you, you've had athletic ability in these intramural sports that we've seen and we'd really like to come try out. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I can hold up with these like, this three minute, you know, big old routine that we have to, you know, go through. It takes a lot of conditioning, especially if you're involved in a lot of the, mm -hmm. the activities that are going on. Right. And, um, as one of, you know, only five or six guys on the team, I was involved in a lot of things and I would get really tired, but because of the landscaping, right away I was able to hop into a lot of that stuff and learn a lot of new things because I was already well conditioned. Right. And I didn't think I was that good conditioned until I actually went and did it because I was like, geez, I really have been working like eight, nine hours a day outside in the sun, moving myself a lot. And like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of jobs I can do that too, construction, mm -hmm. a lot of different types. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's great. It's, it's great. So, and actually I got into the, uh, the land surveying profession because I liked um, math, yeah. but more so I liked being outdoors. And my dad actually coached me and said, you know, this would be a great profession for you. You get to combine being outdoors and um, with, with, you know, having to think and have a skill. And it was, it was really a good marriage of both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. And as long as, I mean, people are, are growing and need, you know, land surveillance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you you allow forever have a job, which is yeah. great. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, even in even yeah. in uh, the recession, which in our industry was closer to a depression. Yeah. Um, uh, we kept fairly, you know, busy. Not as busy as in a growing economy, but um, you know, businesses go bankrupt. People sell properties to make uh, extra cash. So there's there's always something that needs to be done in our industry. Yeah, that's a great industry to be in, then I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, that's awesome. As so, when you're surveying an engineer, or, and yeah, an engineering, uh, being in that field for so long, I guess for people that are looking to kind of get into that field in the future, mm -hmm. is there any like tips or tricks from like your starting times that you were like, oh, I wish I would have known this when I was, you know, just starting out. Um, the, the surveying industry is is kind of a, a good 
kept secret, secret actually. It's, it's a really close cousin to civil engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the classes that you take to get your degree are gonna be within like 80% identical. Wow. We're a little more specialized in the whole land area. Identical to civil engineering. Civil engineering. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a super close thing, but it but it is specific, and it does require a separate degree. Um, and as I look back, um, there, there's not a lot of options. That's where I'm kind of going with this. Is there's like two colleges in Michigan. Yeah. Um, that offer it, and uh, you know a couple others in the Midwest. So you don't have a lot of options. I chose way back when to save money because I, I actually paid my way through as I went, um, to go to community college for a couple of years, which had a, a published two-year plus two-year transfer for a bachelor degree. Mm-hmm. Well, everything transferred, but the, the uh, it, things were not in succession, so it took me three years to, to finish. Jeez. So that was kind of a bummer. It yeah. cost me an extra year of college. But, yeah. Um, know that um, we, uh, as an industry, are, are constantly looking for new help, and, uh, you know, the... Uh, it's very easy to get into these programs because they're they're hurting for people. Yeah. Um, and because it's supply and demand, there's not enough surveyors to go around. Um, it's a very good paying job. Yeah. Um, so for people that enjoy math and enjoy, enjoy the outdoors, it'd be a great career, a very well paying career. Mm-hmm. And um, you said it's it's very much in the growing stages right now, even getting bigger and more popularized. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's that's great, honestly. Um, I guess. Along with that, throughout your surveying career, if you're okay with sharing, what, what was maybe one of your biggest mistakes or blunders that you've learned from or like learned a big, I guess, lesson from afterwards? Yeah, I thought about that question that you, you had yeah. posted me earlier. And honestly, thankfully maybe, I, I can't think of any real big mistake that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, my life's been maybe a series of more smaller mistakes. Yeah. And uh, one thing I actually learned even way back in my landscaping jobs, um, that... Uh, in fact, the, the boss I had for landscaping was probably the best boss I ever had. And, and here I was a teenager, but he taught me so many good lessons. The big one was that own up to your mistakes. Uh, I remember making a pretty big blunder. You know, I got, I, had, I was driving this great big uh, grass cutting rig on a, on a large factory property. Um, and I just buried that thing in, in some soft ground. And I had no idea that that was soft there. Yeah. So I just had these huge ruts uh, I thought, man, these people are going to be mad because it was a beautiful grounds. Mm-hmm. So I, I just went into the factory and asked to see the supervisor of the grounds, the maintenance guy. Took him out and I showed him. I said, you know, I'm, I'll have a guy, you know, come back and fix this for you. I just, the machine was stuck right here. Yeah, I, I was able to get it out. Yeah. There's big old tracks and yeah. ruts. And um, uh, I said, you know, I'm really sorry. I had no idea that was wet there. But, you know, our landscaping guys will come back. I don't have the, the equipment to fix it up. I'm just a, I'm more of a grass cutting crew here today, mm-hmm. but we'll take care of this for you. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, my boss went drove by there and saw that. My boss had come and found me, <laughs> and was just freaking out. And I said, "No, no, that's okay. I, I, I owned up to my mistake. I went and talked to the building and grounds guy, and he's cool. And I just told him we'd have to come back and fix it. He goes, "You're kidding me, right?" I said, <laughs> no, no. He said, "You you just went in there and talked to him." I said, "Yeah. I said, well, I'm not gonna try to hide it." Yeah. And so I, kind of hard to hide the big so he was, marks in the he was, he was so impressed, and I was so impressed that he was impressed that that stuck with me kind of my whole life. That um, owning your own company, you know, you make, people are human; they're going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. Nobody's perfect, no matter what they tell you. So the big thing is, is when you make a mistake, you got to own up to it. You got to be honest about it. Don't try to hide it. That's probably been the 
one of the best pieces of advice that actually came kind of out of one of my mistakes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that 100%. I know my family's been big into that my entire life. I mean, being the youngest, I just honesty has been a huge thing for all of us. Right. And like, I've noticed, I mean, in high school and in college when I was a little punk, I would, you know, try to lie to get out of a, you know, uh, assignment I cheated on or, you know what I mean, a test that I, you know, looked over at my friend's answer or something, you know what I mean, like something small like that. And I would try to get out of it or a teacher would call me out and I would try to like weasel my way past that when I was in high school. And as I got to college and still tried to do that, like freshman, sophomore year, it became very evident very quickly that it was like, that you just can't do this for the rest of your life. Like even a little bit, like you shouldn't ever be thinking, oh, I can, I can lie for benefit here. Unless you're like hiding a surprise for a family member or something. But I mean, I don't know. It's just a lot of people do it still. And a lot of yeah, my friends do it. Still. I know. And I, I know people that do it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still always shocked by it because I, I don't think that they realize how much it's going to come back and bite them. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm not perfect either. I remember I used to cheat on a test when I was a kid too at times and yeah. always felt guilty about it. And then I finally was able to get beyond the point. Like, it doesn't matter if I fail. If I didn't know it, I didn't know it. And I'm just going to take the grade I got. But, um, you know, it, uh, it will come back and bite you, especially in business. If you, if you make a mistake for your employer, especially if you're in you know, engineering or you cost your, your employer money, a mistake and you try to hide it it's going to compound that and more than likely if it's a serious mistake and you've you thought you got away with hiding it if it gets caught you're pretty well going to be fired yeah you know if you were if you came to the boss and said i think i messed this up i'm really sorry i'll do uh, i'll try to help you fix it or you know things are going a lot better for you yeah um and it just to build trust i mean relationships are built on trust both uh, with your with your boss or your partner or your your wife or your husband or your kids or your friends, it's uh, trust is a huge deal, and I think our our culture um, doesn't value it maybe as much as they they could. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I think a lot too plays into like the younger generations because I know that with my dad at least and, and the generational friends of his that I know are fairly. I guess old-fashioned in their mindset which is a good thing for most of the time because it implies like honesty hard work ethic and like you know the 80% success rule of just showing up and making sure that you're doing the things that you're put here to do right <laughs> just actually getting your work done throughout the day and waking up and work before play type of you know what I mean so and I, I think that that mentality has been lost a little bit and there are like improvements to be made within like an old-school mentality right but I really do enjoy a lot of the like the core principles that I was raised on that helped me become better. Like I feel like as a so, like socially as a person and just people that a, a person that people can enjoy to be around. Right. It's like yeah, yeah, I wouldn't expect you guys to take our culture, you know, because our culture is our culture. The younger generation has their culture, but yeah, the the principles of life never change. You know, the basic core principles of life don't change. Um, how you live and how you go about your business and how you express yourself that's always changing but core principles they, they don't really change they're, yeah. they're timeless yeah and a true moral, moral moral like value right mm -hmm. everyone knows deep down I really shouldn't be looking at these answers you know what I mean like <laughs> deep down you know um, and, and yeah you know you shouldn't do it mm -hmm. so yeah it's, that's de definitely a very very good point yeah. I know that um, we had talked a little bit about the surveying and engineering um, 
part of your job already. Mm -hmm. As far as just having a business of your own, mm -hmm. and, and you started that, correct? Or yeah. Was that? Yep, I okay. did. Just uh, I started on my own. Yeah. Um, in nineteen eighty-seven. Right on. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess for people starting a business nowadays, so now it's a little bit different because we got COVID, we got 2020, a little bit more technology, a little bit less, um, I guess, ability to create a business right now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we have all the extra tools and technology to help us out. So I guess what would you recommend to someone that was maybe thinking, I want to become an entrepreneur. This college thing isn't for me. Out of high school, I want to start my own job. Mm -hmm. Maybe even after a couple of years of college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. We were just talking. My wife and I were just. Uh, my wife's name's Terry, and uh, yeah, she's she's been my business partner. She's not been um, working in my business so much. Um, I've got 15 employees and office managers, and she's basically done other things. But you know, without her, I could have never, you know, accomplished this <laughs> and the support uh, that she's been to me. Um, but yeah, she she has um, helped me to understand. All those all those principles as well um, but yeah as, as far as starting we actually sat down one day we're frustrated with the job that we were in and she made the comment we should just start our own business like, wow that's kind of a big step it, it is a pretty big step because I went from a, a regular paycheck that I could plan on to jumping off the cliff and hoping work came in um, so that, that is kind of a, a big plunge um, the way that it happened to me, I was running another company. Um, I was young. I had gotten some breaks, and then I made a lot of contacts. So I knew if I went on my own, these people would probably find me and would want to hire me. I think it would be tough to start a business from scratch um, and not have... Those original contacts? Yeah, contacts or just uh, knowing that you've got work coming in with whatever it is that you're doing, or at least a uh, market for what you want to sell people uh, for your service to just go out and beat the doors and, and not have anything and I have to I have to say too that from when I started things in 1987 um, there wasn't as much expense I don't think to start a business uh, yeah the, the technology was not as expensive so it'd be a lot more expensive if I would if I was in my 20s now or 30s now and started the same yeah. business it'd be a lot more money so there are it's easier in some ways to, to manage running a business now in terms of the tools, but it's also more expensive. Yeah. And maybe, maybe a little bit more competitive. Yeah, it's hard. Mm -hmm. So my, my suggestion, actually my wife and I were talking about one of our kids last night, and she, my daughter is starting, thinking of starting a business. And our advice to her was, uh, you know, work on that business while you have a, a paying job. And yeah. when you feel comfortable that you, you've got a good product, some clients then gradually make that move yeah and, and one of one of the guys in my life was was constantly telling me that he said well I know that for me and how I got my success was I was put in this difficult situation due to a medical injury and I had to just kind of just work and create my own business to get out of it right and that was because I was in such a I guess volatile position I, mean, I just had to keep going and I worked 60 70 hour weeks he said and if you're not in that volatile position, you still have to put in around 60 to 70 hours a week to start a business because you have to be working your main job, which is, you know, 35 to 40 hours probably. And then you got your side work afterwards. So on weekends or 6 p.m. to 9, you're working, you know, on, like for me, it's this editing, this podcast and stuff like that. So like that's kind of my side project afterwards. And although it, 
hasn't paid dividends yet, it's definitely something that I've learned from and hopefully will in the future. So, yeah, and, and I just thought, as you were saying that, it struck my mind that even when you first start a business, even if you're maybe working kind of two jobs, that's a lot, but it was quite a few years of 60 to 70 plus hours after I had already cut free and had my own business. It, it takes a fair amount to launch a business and get it steady on its feet. We're talking five, ten years of, of enough growth that you, you yourself as the principal don't have to put in lots of hours. At least that's, that was my um, yeah. experience. experience. So, right? you know, some might get lucky and you know, hit it big and be able to hire it all right away, but um, most people when they start a business, it's a, it's a big undertaking. It's huge. Yeah, it's bigger than a lot of our most people would think. <laughs> That's why I mentioned. Yeah. You know, my wife was so key because she was my support system. I had to work a lot of hours, and you know, she supported me through all that. So it's it, it's no small undertaking. Um, but again, it kind of depends on what kind of uh, field you go into. Yeah, and I I guess with um, you talking about your wife there, I really like to ask the question: is, is there people that you've had in your life that I, I know people have told me this is the way to do it, right? You want to mentor somebody at the same time you're being mentored. And then have someone equivalent to you that you keep around you at the same time to keep you moving forward, right? Kind of surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, I guess, additional thoughts on surrounding yourself with the right people or, or tips you have maybe? Because I know that's a really important thing a lot of people do. Yeah, so I, I do think it's a great idea. I was not uh, fortunate enough to have that kind of person. Um, mm -hmm. And then once I started the, the business, Know, working 70 plus hours a week I didn't have a lot of extra time to <laughs> spend a couple hours a week with another guy I was, yeah I was working my can off so I bet, yeah um, I did not have that luxury and I, I can tell you that through through many years through church associations and friends I, I was always kind of on the lookout for someone and I've had good friends but not that one guy that you know, I would call a mentor gotcha I highly suggested if, if you are able to yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think I've had quite like a lifelong mentor, right? And I think it changes throughout your stages mm -hmm. in life. I think when I was in high school, I looked up to different people than I was in college and, and so forth right. beyond and into life. But I, yeah, I still have a few friends from college that um, are just core relationships that right. I keep. I and mean, we call each other probably, I would say like once or twice a week, just give an update on the, on the job situation. And we'll, we'll talk through like, hey, this is what I'm planning on doing you know, with, with my finances, do you mm -hmm. think this would be a good idea? And then we kind of run, and like just getting those extra set of eyes, almost like you would say you do with your wife to help with the decision making. Yeah. Right. I know my dad does that with my mom to help with decision making for their business as well. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's a big thing. It's really nice to have those people because a lot of times you'll just, you'll think it's a good idea and most of the time it is, but right. you overlook something, mm -hmm. you know, and then you just won't be able to, yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Anyway, I, um, I loved having you on here. It was great talking to you. Yeah. I'm sure the audience learned a lot. I learned a lot. <laughs> and um, I, I mean, we'd love to do it again sometime, ask right. more questions, get it done. Awesome. It's great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. If you caught anything that you want to know more about, I am positive you can find it at anchor.com. Go there and go ahead and search the Young-Blooded Podcast and then find the episode you want the show notes for. And I load all of those show notes up with a bunch of links and great stuff like that. Also, the profiles to all of my socials are there where all the important giveaways and fun updates will be happening. So until next week, remember, young bloods, money in your 20s is knowledge for life.